You're listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. Hey parents, it's Robin here. Before we dive into another episode of Parenting Our Future, I want to talk to you about something huge that has hit the movie theaters. It's Paw Patrol the movie. Your kids are going to love it. The Paw Patrol is on a roll when their biggest rival, Humdinger, becomes mayor of nearby Adventure City and starts wrecking havoc. Ryder and everyone's favorite heroic pups kick into high gear to face the challenge head on. While one pup must face his past in Adventure City, the team finds help from a new ally, the savvy Dash Hunt Liberty. Together armed with exciting new gadgets and gear, the Paw Patrol fights to save the citizens of Adventure City. Joining the Paw Patrol in their thrilling first big screen adventure are members from the original series cast, along with Ian Armitage, Marseille Martin, Yara Shahidi, Kim Kardashian West, Randall Park, Dak Shepard, with Tyler Perry and Jimmy Kimmel, and introducing Will Brisbane. I know your kids are going to love it. I hope you'll go and take them to the movie theater soon to see Paw Patrol the movie. Hello, everybody. It's Robin McMahon here. I am so happy that you are back listening to Parenting Our Future. And as always, and especially today, I have a really, really special guest that's going to help us unravel some trauma and some old stuff in our past, in, in, in our past generations of our family, just to really help us show up as the best we can be in this life. So I want to welcome Dawn Taylor today. So Dawn Taylor is a professional butt kicker and hope giver. I love it. She's an international trauma specialist, life coach, and strategist. Dawn's journey into helping others heal began when she took her personal recovery from trauma that she experienced in her own life into her own hands. Dawn, welcome. Thank you for being here. Oh, I'm so honored. Thank you so much, Robin. And, you know, I love that you and I are, you know, similar in that we've taken our pain and we've turned that into helping others. So I would love to just ask you a little bit about, you know, what brought you to this work? And I know you are so effective at what you do. So what brought you here? Thank you. Um, Yes, I had to. I had had such an insane life that... I remember at 18, I was laying in a hospital bed with a brain aneurysm and they were doing surgery. And this was not even a big one in my journey. I had been dealing with eating disorders and suicide attempts and sexual abuse and just crazy. And I was laying there and I was like, man, if I can't turn this into something amazing, what am I gonna do? Like, I don't wanna, I can't, I can't keep living this life. And it was only after that, the life got even harder, right? So dealt with the drug addiction and infertility and abandonment of a parent and death of a parent and almost losing my husband multiple times. And like, it just felt like it was getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And in that, it was like, no, I have to figure out how to heal this. And so I would go to therapists. I'd go to psychologists, psychiatrists, social workers. I did all of it. Yeah. Anyone and everyone that might be able to help me heal. But I always felt like I was too much for them. So I'd sit down and I'd be like, okay, so, and I'd start like rattling off all of my things. And I'd be like, can you help me overcome all this and heal? 
And when you look up and their jaw is dropped or they have this look of, you know, disbelief, I actually had one call me a liar. You know, when you can, when you get to that point where you're like, wow, I'm actually too broken to be healed or helped. That's when I was like, you know what? I can't either I'm out, right? Like either I'm going to take my life or I got to figure out how to heal this. And I set about to figure that out. So I'm super strategy based. So I looked at it as, okay, if this is the trauma, right? Trauma one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you overcome that? How do you neurologically rewire your brain? What effect does this have on you genetically and your at your cellular level? Yeah. How does it shift your patterns and your beliefs and all of these things? Cool. Okay, now you can heal that. Okay, trauma number two. And that's kind of how I set about doing it. And in the process, started to have people asking me advice on how to deal with what they had gone through. Because I was so strategy-based, I was getting such amazing results. They started asking for advice. And that's actually how my entire business started. Is wow. I had I had so many certifications and I had done so many courses and gone to so many conferences and trainings and things really to heal my heart. Mm. And it was one day that my friend, my best friend from childhood looked at me and she goes, you know, you probably should be charging people for this, right? Instead of just going on like 10 coffee dates a week or 20 coffee dates a week with people. And I had never thought of it, but I realized I had something different in how I look at it. I look at trauma in a completely different way. It's a giant puzzle. And as those pieces fall together, the healing that comes is almost magical. Wow. Like it's so powerful. Well, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you so badly is because what happens when you have trauma that you haven't healed and now you have children, right? And so we're going to dive into that, right? Because that trauma, we can't help, but doesn't go away. It doesn't (laughs) disappear when you have children, right? It doesn't at all. And one of the things that we started talking about when you and I first met was this generational parenting pattern, but also just how the generations impact us. And you really talked to really, I loved what you said about it. So can you talk about that a little bit? Just, you know, I talk about it all the time, but I want to hear it from you. (laughs) Absolutely. So I often hear this exact comment from youth. So I don't work with small children, but I do work with, you know, I love kind of like the 15 and up range and adults, you know, people into their late eighties I've even worked with, but over the course of a few weeks, I had multiple youth, young adults say, you know what? I'd rather be dead than be my mom. I'd rather be dead than be my parent, my dad, my grandparent, whatever it was. And when I stopped and looked at that, I was like, okay, what is causing that? What is actually causing that? And you know what? Let's be honest, parents, you are doing the best you can with the skills you have. Mm -hmm. But if you were not handed a big, healthy, amazing toolbox to work with, you can't, you literally can't. So when I'm talking to these youth and I dig in, right, because we have a really trusting relationship and I was like, well, what do you mean? And they're like, well, my mom complains about her job and my dad complains about his job and my grandparents and my aunts and uncles and all these people. Why would I want to get a job when it makes you miserable? Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm sure everyone going, oh, yeah, yeah, why would you get a job? Right. The difference is this generation is going, yeah, but we don't care. We're just not. Mm 
they're not buying into the like societal norms, right? Yeah. Like just do it anyway. Well, why should I, why should I be miserable? Well, that's the thing. They're like, no, I don't want to. And they're also looking at the environment and they're, they're saying, well, why do I want to, why do I want to, like you said, get married when everybody around me is getting divorced? Why do I want to bring children into a world that's for all intents and purposes, falling apart, you know? Uh, So, I mean, that is, that is a moment where we have to stop for a second. Like I would rather be dead than be my mom or dad. Whoa. I mean, whoa. Huge. Okay. And so we do know that suicide rates are really at an all-time high. We know, you know, of course, the pandemic has definitely added to that. You know, social media in part has had a big piece to play. Bigger than anything. Yeah. 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 So, you know, this is what I know, right? I know for sure that, you know, uh, in parenting, we don't always have the best childhood, right? And, and unfortunately, unless we really know how to do it differently, unless we know how to be intentional, we default to the subconscious mind and we are sort of on autopilot all the time. And and that means that we are parenting the way we were parented and our parents were parented the way they were parent parented us the way they were parented and so on and so on and so on. Right. All the way back. Right. And what's interesting is like epigenetics is the science behind the fact that we hold our ancestors trauma in our DNA for up to three generations. Right. Okay. Think about that for a sec. So we're not just holding our trauma. We are holding the trauma of our moms and dads and grandparents and great grandparents in our DNA. That's science. That's nothing woo woo. Like that's just (laughs) pure science. Right. And then we wonder why we think the way we do and we function the way we do. And so I know in my own personal story, I sat down one time and I was like, okay, there's like generational stuff going on here. My dad didn't just abandon me because he abandoned me and my siblings or walk away. Right. Cause when you track it, it's like, Oh wait, his dad did that to him. Exactly. Right. But the interesting piece of this is we go one of two ways. Either we go exactly the same as our parents or we like pendulum swing and do the complete polar opposite, believing we're doing even better and we're actually doing no better. Right. And you can actually, it's actually just as bad. Yeah. You can actually see, you know, when I do this work, the first thing I do with parents is I talk about the way they were parented. It's the first thing that I do. And you can, you you can see, even if they are doing that, how they still manage to repeat some of the the same patterns. It's the conditioning, right? We can't get away from it, right? We only know what we know. And unless, and until we're willing to heal that past, and move forward, you are stuck, right? Because what else are you going to do? Right? So totally. So if we're stuck with all this generational trauma, which I think is news to me that it goes that far back, but really it does make sense. 
what do we do then? What do we do? And we're going to talk about also just, you know, we sort of put a pin in, I'd rather be dead than be my mom or dad. Yeah. We're coming back to that. <laughs> but, we should come back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just wait one second. So what do we do about this? All of this, that all of this trauma that we have within us that we didn't ask for. Yeah. What do we do? So multiple things. One of the first things is because not everyone can afford to just go in and get help. Right. Mm-hmm. I've clients every day that call me and they're like, but I can't afford it. Right. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Or I only get so many therapy sessions with my health benefits or whatever it is. Honestly, one of the first things you can look at in your life is when am I having a really big reaction or response? Mm-hmm. So because when you're having totally, when you're having a massive reaction, good or bad, there's density behind it, mm-hmm. which means there's something behind it. Right. Okay. So if you are reacting strongly in work, if especially with kids, if you're reacting really strongly to something that they did, right? Mm-hmm. Stop yourself and be like, is this actually a rational reaction I'm having? Did I just lose it on my child mm-hmm. for something that was so tiny and really at the end of the day doesn't matter? Right. Did I just overdo it? in gifting things to my kid and trying to appease them and trying to make them super happy and not put healthy boundaries up in a way that I deep down know isn't the right thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Because any of those times that we're doing that, there is something attached to it. There's something from our own childhood attached to it. Mm -hmm. Is it that you were raised in a house with transactional love Mm -hmm. where the only way you were shown love was belongings or you weren't given anything ever and you attached that to not being loved. Mm-hmm. So now you overdo it with your own kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And, and then, and then the, the, the unfortunate thing about that too, is that oftentimes then we label them as ungrateful. Right. <laughs> and we're labeling them as ungrateful. And it's like, no, 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 they don't need 90% of what you're giving them. Yeah. They don't even desire it. They don't want it because deep down what most of those kids want is they actually just want your attention. Yes. They just want us. Just us. Just, just us. us. No bells they and don't, whistles. No, like sit, sit with them, go for a drive with them. Literally like go to Starbucks or go somewhere and grab a coffee and grab them a hot chocolate or whatever they want. And just go for a drive around neighborhoods and be like, how are you doing Mm-hmm. listen to their crazy stories, listen to their rants about things, listen to the, some yeah. weird philosophical idea that they came up with. Yeah. They yeah. want you to put your phone down and just see them. Mm-hmm. Right. They want that connection. And we're really bad at doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're so bad at doing that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it can show up in other ways. I know um, one of the examples I always use is I come from the most indecisive family ever like my mom couldn't go through a drive-through to order mcdonald's because she would like get all stressed out and someone would honk and they'd be asking and she'd finally make me come from the back of the vehicle to do the order or she would just speed through to and drive around and then be embarrassed to make one of us go in like could not make a decision if her life depended on it and my dad was the same and so i now have a brother and sister very much like that Mm. I did the polar opposite thinking I was better than them. And I became too decisive. Right. Yes. So my husband always tells stories about this, where 
he mentioned to me at five o'clock one morning, we need a second bathroom. He got home at seven 30 that night and I had bought us a house. <laughs> it had three bathrooms. <laughs> Whoa. Right. And That's he was a pendulum like, oh. swing. Right. But a huge pendulum swing. It's, it's not actually that much healthier though. Right. A hundred percent. Because there's no thought going into it. I didn't look at 50 houses. I just like went, looked, bought, right? Like yeah. I had the mortgage figured out. I was like, you need to come look at a house. I bought it. I signed the paperwork and I had power of attorney. So I could without him. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> That's how I function, right? And so I've had to really put healthy boundaries in place for myself, knowing that that's a trauma response. Right. Knowing what, that that is such a trauma response that I now have to have really healthy boundaries on myself yeah. to not continually do that. You know what? I, that's, that's just it. The trauma response is that we don't really realize no. what some things are trauma responses. And, and I've just learned of one myself that I have, um, and it's around money and it's for me when it comes time to, for my taxes, you know, I have to do my taxes mm -hmm. or it comes time to just look at, you know, uh, just where I'm at in my business, check out the bank account. Yeah. yeah I, I avoid it. I don't want to talk about it. Um, I, I, and that's a trauma response. I know it, right. 100% I, it I, it, like, I, I just can't do it. I just don't want to do it. It yeah. makes me sick, but I have to do it. Right. Obviously I have to do it, mm -hmm. but it's really, really painful. And that comes from, yeah. you know, a lot of money and security growing up and uh, like, there's a lot of money stuff in my past. And, uh, and so there's no doubt just no doubt. And I'm sure there was money, there was, there was money stuff in my parents. Well, they learned it 100%. somewhere. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? Even though they, both my parents had completely different upbringings. My, my dad was brought up on the prairies uh, in Saskatchewan in Canada. My mom is German. So was brought up in post-war Germany. Uh, I mean, so. You oh, but that's like. Different poverty and scarcity mindset though is riddled through both of those well and it's so because that's my background I'm related mm -hmm. to most of Saskatchewan and all my family comes from Germany that oh is my my I totally yeah I totally understand that how funny is that yeah and you know it's funny because we talk about like we said the generational and it's in your DNA as soon yeah. as I got pregnant with my son I immediately became terrified that my husband was going to die, like irrationally terrified that he was going to die. And I'm sure that was trauma from the past, you know, my, whether it was from my grandmother on my mom's side, you know, and my grandfather did die when my mom was really young. My mom and her sister were orphans at, at, at young teenage years, around 14 yeah. for my mom. Uh, and that has left a huge mark on her. And I see that she never really learned how to parent really. And yeah. she never learned how to form relationships or friendships. Um, and you see that play totally. out today. You see that play out today. And, and even in the way she parented me, I see she just didn't get it. Like she didn't get yeah. the way people do things, right? Like have sleepovers yeah. and have parties. Like I just never was allowed to do that because she didn't understand it you know? Um, and so then that leads to me having feelings about it. Right. And then, yeah. you know, so you just see it, you just see it play out and, and it takes a minute. To All just the time. Stop. You just have to stop for a second. 
and just yeah. ask why, right? Like, how come I'm having this reaction, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, hundred okay. percent. And really like stop and look at it and be like, is this my reaction or is this somebody else's? Right. Right. Same with like expectations on who you're going to be as a parent and how you're going to behave and how you're going to treat your kids and how you're going to be as a spouse, all of these things. So much of it is expectation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And others' expectations of you. How many of those are expectations of yourself? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I think how many reality- of those are of a blueprint that's far outdated yes. that you don't actually need to have anymore. Right. Right. I was laughing with a client this week. We were, um, so I have a trauma healing retreat. So think of it as like rehab for your mental health and clients can come to me. I also do one-on-one, but I, clients can come to me right on my property and we can do like immersion style trauma work. Mm. And we were grocery shopping one day because a lot of her trauma was around food. And we were laughing because she was feeling so much guilt and shame over like certain specific meals that she'd give her son. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, he just loves those Pop-Tarts. And I'm like, but we did too. And she was like, what? And I said, yes, <clears throat> studies have come out. Things have shown up that like, we need more fruits and veggies. We need to actually be more careful with our diets. I said, but we're good. And we lived on that. Like how many of us lived on fruit roll-ups and craft dinner and, you know, itchy band noodles from the gas station at lunch. Like we lived on that stuff and turned out perfectly fine. Right. And I was like, so is this your expectation of you or is it someone else's expectation that they put on you? Yeah. Yeah. And it came down to her mom. Mm-hmm. Her mom was raised in an environment where it was, she was very like, there was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of trauma. There was a lot of really negative stuff that happened mm. who it then got brought into her childhood. Right. So mm-hmm. then she was raised that way, which just caused more issues. Right. And it was continually this, you have to look perfect, be perfect, act perfect do everything to get my love. Right. Right. So as a nine-year-old, she's now going to Weight Watchers with her mom because that's the only way she can get her mom's love. Oh, right. Because it's transactional. There's an action that has to be attached to it. You don't just get free love. Right. And so now as a parent, her son has hit that same age. Right. Well, guess what? She's trauma responding. Mm-hmm. and trying to now hyper control everything. Ugh. Right. So when you can dig in and deal with your stuff, when you can deal with your hurt, your pain, your trauma, and mm-hmm. then have those open conversations with your kid about like, Hey, this has nothing to do with you. This is actually mm-hmm. because of how I was raised. This, mm-hmm. this is, this has nothing to do with you. Yeah. If I do this, when I do this, can you alert me to it? Right. Right. Yeah. Because sadly, kids these days are more emotionally intelligent than most adults because they're learning it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're learning it. They see it. They know exactly what's going on, which is why they're making comments like, I'd rather be dead than be my parent. Oh. Well, and I think the reality is, is we all have blind spots that we can't see too. 
And this oh, is where 100%. we need some help too, right? And just yeah. bringing, shedding some light on, you know, what we're doing. We may not even be aware of it. And I think that that's where our kids come in because our kids are really truth tellers too. You know, like they'll just say, mom, you're being stupid or you're being an idiot. So they're going to say it in maybe hurtful ways. <laughs> totally right? well. They, yeah, totally say well. <laughs> they may say to you, mom, I'd rather be dead than be you. Right. And like, oh, talk about a, a you know, stab oh, to the heart. Got punch. But then it's your it is your signal to say, okay, hang on. That is a massive reaction for my child. Whoa. I got to look at this. I got to look at this because that's not okay. Right. And by the way, one of the things I love about the retreat that you have and where people stay on the property is the rage room. Yes. I laugh when I say it only because I would love that. I would love that. I would love to just scream Come my head on over and have a Come tantrum. Come on over. Yeah. Right? Like how cathartic is that? That's got to be oh, amazing. amazing. Yeah. yeah Absolutely amazing. People yeah. love that room. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? <laughs> to give yourself permission to rage. Wow. Without shame, without, you know, guilt. Just curiosity just like, whoa. And it, and, and the thing is, it's not going to kill you to lose your, you know what, like to just lose it, lose your mind, lose it. Yeah. In a healthy way. Here's the thing though. You've got to do it in a healthy way. Right. 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 Because otherwise what happens is you let off these little like gas releases where it's like, you let out this like spurt of anger and then you're like, oh, got to control it again. You pull it back in. And all that's doing is, is just releasing like these little tiny bits of room almost for you to just build up more anger. Right. So yeah, I actually teach people how to get angry, how to release their anger and rage fully. Yeah. So it's like completely out of their body and then how to know to check for it so they can keep doing it on their own. Yeah. Because hmm. wow. we aren't, we aren't taught these things. No, we aren't. And, and that's, and, and that it's becoming more and more clear that that's what we need to, to learn is how to feel our feelings. It's okay to feel our feelings. And when we look at our yeah. kids, our kids come to us fully willing to feel their feelings. And we are the ones with the problem about it. Like we oh are the ones gosh. who are uncomfortable. Stop right? being angry. Stop. Just use your words. Just calm down. I'd like you to tell somebody in your rage room, just, could you just use your words? Like there are right? no friggin' words. <laughs> There are no well, words, right? And honestly, when they do finally come out with words, they're probably all profanity yeah. because those are the only words that might possibly explain what it is that they're thinking. Yeah, exactly. right. And it's funny because when I'm doing anger work with people, like they hit a point where it's like the anger kind of hits their heart, and then they get scared and they want to stop, and then they're trying to be like, "But, but I just, I, I just, I just," and I'm like, "No, no, no." just scream and rage. Like you're okay. Yeah. You don't have to explain what's going on in your body right now. You don't have to explain why you're feeling the way you're feeling or any of that. Just let Mm -hmm. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And we're so bad at that with kids. We're always like, let's just teach you to meditate. (laughs) Let's just listen to calmer music. I'm like, Oh, you're angry. Go scream into your pillow. And when you're feeling better, come back and Mm -hmm. let's have a conversation. Yeah. Oh, you're really angry at me. You know what? That's okay. I can handle it. Let it out. Right. Because I'm going to love you no matter what. Well, and that is the message, right? That is the message. We need to heal ourselves and we need to look at these things. 
And of course, not everybody is able to, you know, like you said, you know, have a parent coach, have you in their life, you know, to, to, to navigate through this. So really what you're saying is show up in your life with some curiosity, right? How come this is upsetting me so much? Let me look into this. And so um, what I'd love to do is share, um, share a parenting tool that I have. This is the signature tool that I have. And I think it really aligns really well with what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you haven't heard it before, and I'm just going to share it with you as we go. So this is what I teach parents to do. It's called the parent pass, and it's an acronym for pause, ask, show empathy and solutions. So the first thing is when you are activated, right? So when you're really mad, when you're really sad, when you're whatever your big emotion is, right? Totally. You to just stop for a second right? And put space between, you know, either your child that's upset you, just your feelings, like just put some space there and not go in autopilot, right? Because autopilot, you're going to say something you can't take back. You're going to do something you can't take back, right? So, so just to pause for a second, right? And then the ask is, there's two asks. One is ask yourself, like, is this about me? Like, am I reacting because I had a bad day because actually I just got an email that really upset me. And now my son's shoes are in the way and I want to lose it, you know, right. There's that trauma response. Yeah. Right. So is it about me? Do I need to react even right? Like, do I even need to address this right now? Okay. My kid's shoes are in my way. Can I just pick them up and move them over? Right. So you're you're asking yourself about what's going on. What's going on with me? Is this my stuff? Do I need to react? Can I just let this go? And then the next thing is you ask your child, like, how come, how come your shoes were right there? Right. And it, and you can't do it unless you slow down. In my opinion, you can't do it. Like, like parenting is not an emergency. And I say it all the time. Like it's not an emergency. You don't have to react in this nanosecond, you can just wait. So you pause, you ask yourself, then you ask your child, right? And then it's about empathy, if needed, right? If needed, and most of the time empathy is enough, right? Like, oh, no wonder you left your shoes there. You had to go to the bathroom really bad and then you got distracted and you forgot about it. Had I not asked, I would have just gone to yell at my kid. Or there's not a proper spot to put your shoes. Oh, what specifically could we do to change that? (laughs) <laughs> right, right, right. right? Well, there's the solution, yeah. right? And that's what the, the solution is all about. Like, how can we yeah. create a win-win, right? So I really, you know, as we were talking, I thought, you know what, I, I don't really talk about the parent past that often in my, in my show. Uh, of course, it's the number one thing that I give everybody that I work with, but it really helps us to put space between our emotions and our kids, yeah. because we're only ever just in our own containers of feelings and needs. And then we communicate with each other and we misunderstand each other all the time. Right. Oh my gosh. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I love, that, sorry, keep going. No, I was going to say, I love what you said about the fact that, you know, when, when we go back to the, well, I'd rather be dead than be my mom because I mm-hmm. see how much she hates her job or I see how much, you know, dad hates his job and how, you know, how much, you know, they really don't like their friends that they, you know, hang out with. And they're always talking about them behind their backs and, you know, all this kind of yeah. stuff. Right. 
but the reality is, is that that's just what you see and what parents need. What, what you had said to me earlier is, is that's really only part of the story. And so we need to make sure Mm-hmm. that what we're modeling for our kids and what we're showing them is is the truth or we need to explain it right so can you talk a little bit about that oh for sure so I was talking to my niece about it so my 15 year old niece has been hanging out with us this summer and I was asking her about it because I'm like hey I keep hearing this with my clients is this what's going on in your generation she's like oh yeah all of us there's whole forums we talk about this and I was like Oh, (laughs) and I knew, I knew this right from my clients, but it was interesting to hear that this is like actually a massive, massive worldwide issue. And, and I said, so can we discuss some of these? And she was like, yeah, for sure. And we were going for a drive one day and I said, so talk to me about the work stuff. And she's like, she's like, well, she's like my, you know, my parents will come home and they'll complain about their jobs or like I'll be my friends, their parents are always like, Oh, I'm so tired. Or I hate my job. Or that was the worst day ever. Or, you know, they come home and they just have to have that glass of wine or they have to have that stiff drink to have survived the day. Right. What your kids aren't seeing is that you potentially love 75 or 80% of your job, but it was that one little thing that happened end of the day or that call or that email that you ruminated on and you took home. And when they asked or someone asked, Hey, how was your day? You went, Oh, right. Like, and it was like this yeah. horrible thing. Kids are literal. They're so literal. So they go, mm-hmm. Oh, you just like hate going to work every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Spending all day Sunday complaining about having to go to work on Monday. Mm-hmm. Right. Comments like that. It was, we were driving one day and she's like, what's a line of credit? And I was like, what? She's like, how do you get a mortgage? And I'm like, okay. So we started talking about this and she's like, so people just do that and they rack up a bunch of debt that they have to pay off. And I said, yeah. And she's like, well, no wonder everyone's so stressed out. They're all spending outside their means. Like, and we're having <sighs> this like honest conversation. And I mean, she's very smart for her age and well-spoken, yeah. right? But yeah. we were talking about this and she's like, So you're trying to make our lives more fun by going into debt, which causes you more stress, which makes you fight, which then ends up with you divorced or having to work more. She's like, yeah, that seems really dumb. Yeah. 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 And I laughed because I was like, thank you. Yes, it is. And every adult needs to hear that. Right. But talk to your kids. If you're curious, right? No judgment, just curiosity. Ask them. If they think you and your spouse are happy. Mm. Good one. Ask them what their view of marriage is. They because are truth tellers. All they're doing is seeing you avoid each other on your cell phones or argue about things or fight about things. And I'm not saying don't do that in front of your kids, but how often do they see you hug or embrace or kiss or laugh or joke around? Mm. Or is all of your entertainment happening on your phone? Right. Right. Are you forgetting how to do that? How to play with your kids, how to play with each other and actually enjoy each other. Right. Yeah. Ask your kids if they think you love your job. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Ask them, ask them what their thoughts are on it. If you love being a parent, Hmm. you mean kids will actually flat out say, no, I don't think, I think you wished I'd never been born. 
like we have to do better. Like we yeah. have to do better as a society and as parents to be like, you know what? No, I am hurting or I'm dealing with my own trauma or whatever it is. But I'm going to go through the discomfort of healing. I'm going to go through the discomfort of facing my demons, facing my fears, facing my anger, facing those things so that my child has a better chance. Mm. And I think the reality is, is that when we become figures of instability for our kids, they freak out and they don't know, yes. they don't have a compass. If we don't know what we're doing, they're like, "Uh oh, okay. Okay. Now I got to hustle for yeah. everything. I got to hustle to make sure I get the attention that I need. Cause I don't trust that you're going to give me the attention. And when they're asking 100%. for these things, they ask for it in really the most unloving ways. Right. And they don't, oh, yeah. they do don't that. do it in like the no. big words. They're not like, I need your attention. They turn That's... into a nasty, spiteful little jerk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 They get in fights or they insult you or they yell at you or yes. they act all sullen and disappear into their bedrooms and hide. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, <laughs> I was talking to a youth of the day and I, I coached the mom and dad and they were like, Hey, can you, they're divorced a couple. And they're like, Hey, would you be willing to just talk to our son? Cause we're struggling with him. And I was like, yeah. And I said, so when you go to your room, let me guess what you want. And he goes, what? I'm like, you want them to freaking chase you. You want them to fight for you. And he's like, yeah. Hmm. And I said, not just ignore you and leave you there. And he's like, no, this is guys, this is coming from a 14 year old kid. Yeah. Right. We've got to listen. We've got to listen with open, with, with an open mind and an open heart because they tell the truth, right? They tell the truth. We're just scared to hear it. Mm -hmm. Every, yeah. And we can't parent through fear. It doesn't. That doesn't, that doesn't help anybody. Right. And we want to grow our kids to thrive. Right. So I love that. Like, ask them, what do, what do you think about, like, do you think we're, you know, do, do we have a happy family? Right. I love those questions well, that you have. Do you think and I make love sure my that, job? Make sure that you tell them you're not going to get in trouble. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You're not in trouble. There's no judgment, yeah. right? Like yeah. I'm actually just really curious because I realized that you might not actually know how I feel. Because yeah. you see this little tiny piece of me at home. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm so much more than that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And apparently I'm also my ancestors and I didn't know that I was going right? to be my ancestors either. And so are you. Totally. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, this, this is huge. And, and look, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, it really is. You know, there's so much more to talk about. And I think that just bringing this into the light and and you having that experience with what youth are seeing and how they make sense of it. Oh, you're miserable there. Why would I want that? Right. And and so, so just shining a light on it, I think is, is, is really powerful. So I really hope, uh, you know, everybody that listened got a lot out of this and uh, you know, any, any last words that you would say to, to the parents listening about trauma, about their own trauma and, and what they can do to connect oh, for with sure. Yeah. For starters, for anyone who's feeling like you just got kicked and told you're a horrible parent, you're not. Oh no. You are exactly. absolutely killing it. You're doing amazing. Know that, right? Like know that you are. And 
I don't know you, but honestly, like I'm so proud of any single person on this planet that is raising a child, mm. like so proud, mm-hmm. but it's time to sit back and look in the mirror and go, Hey, wait, mm. is there something in my life? Is there something that happened to me in my childhood? Is there something about the way I was raised that could be potentially causing my child harm mm-hmm. that I have zero intentions of doing, mm-hmm. right? Mm. So, I mean, obviously you can contact Robin or myself. My company is the taylorway.ca. I'm on all social media. I mean, you can contact me. I would love to talk to people about trauma. I'm actually also trained as a subconscious imprinting technique practitioner, which goes into epigenetics and finds that trauma and heals it. So that is an option, right? Yeah. But reach out on, yeah, for some tips on how to do that and really stop and take a deep breath, stop and take a deep breath and be like, you're you're doing really good. You're doing really, really good. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much. I think that, you know, everything that you've said is so important. And, you know, I think also, you know, giving people permission to, to ask for and accept help and support, because when you talk about the epigenetics, you know, we're up against things that we just don't even understand. So why wouldn't we get help to navigate it if you can? So thank you for all of, you know, for all of, everything that you've brought to this conversation and, you know, all of your information is in the show notes. So please reach out to Dawn. She is as sparkly and wonderful as she sounds. And, uh, and you. you know, she, she's wonderful. So thank you so much, Dawn. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace.